playing out in real time, an elementary school teacher organizes a mixer of like-minded women when she encounters a woman from her past, leading to a volatile chain of events. I watched Soft and Quiet. They say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for is not for shedding. I'm the number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. God, it knows I'm here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Thank you for joining me on Slasher Sports Cinema. Make sure to subscribe to the channel or podcast so you don't miss anything. Share it with your friends too. Help a brother out. What the fuck did I just watch? What did I just watch? It's not often that I know from the jump that I won't want to watch a film twice. Okay, you know, while being thoroughly entertained the first time around. You know, Soft and Quiet did that for me. This film isn't your prototypical horror film, but it's as much a home invasion horror as the likes of The Strangers and Last House on the Left. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. It is. Soft and Quiet was written and directed by Bech de Araujo. Okay, say that name right. Bech de Araujo. It's a mouthful. It's her first feature film, to my knowledge. Uh, she's you know, previously done some short films and TV shows. Um, and I'm actually currently reaching out in case she might give me the time of day. Wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, maybe she will. Fingers crossed. Um, like to have a sit down and talk about this film at least you know for a short time it stars stephanie estes a hawaii gal theater gal too nina jordan who i actually just saw uh, in that newish winona writer film uh, gone in the night i was a very big fan of that one uh, Dermot Mulroney's in that as well really liked it um olivia lucardi from it follows uh, it's, I know it's a favorite of some of our viewers, myself as well. She played Yara in It Follows. Sissy Lee in what's probably her most important role to date. Um, also stars uh, Dana Milliken, Eleanor Pienta, Melissa Paolo. Really strong female cast here. But I went into Soft and Quiet softly and blindly. I knew nothing. Never saw a trailer. Um, and the cover art, I couldn't tell if it was a creature feature or what. The figure on the cover looks well, kind of like a creature. Uh, and my mind went to a quiet place. Uh, so I have my reasons. Hush. Cold open. Let's talk about this, this cold open. Uh, immediately leaves a bad taste in my mouth, which is a testament to the writing. Because you know, we meet Emily. Uh, it was played by Stephanie Estes. 
sitting with a student whose you know parents a little late picking them up from school who among us right who among us but stephanie's a teacher uh she does the kind of thing uh you know the teachers do she sits with a kid gives them all the sound advice one can give hey you don't have to sit alone next time come and find me we'll get you started on your homework yada 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 man what a great teacher she must be right well, when the school custodian walks by with her cleaning kit, black or brown lady, no, I can't really remember, um, but very important. Uh, she's shown, you know, like with her back to us walking down the, the sidewalk. But watch the film. Notice the rolling of the wheels, the, the wheels, not the wheels, the wheels uh, of the mop bucket. Uh, they're so loud. And you know why that is? De Araujo wants us to know the custodian is annoying to Emily. Why is Emily annoyed? We don't know. But she does tell the kid to put on his big boy pants and go tell that custodian she doesn't need to be mopping the floors until he's gone because that is disrespectful to him and his safety. He could slip and get hurt. And he needs to learn early on that people can't just do that to him. Feels out of place, y'all. But is it? What what we know is that Emily had just taken a pregnancy test. Didn't get great news from it. She might be taking it out on the custodian, weaponizing the little kid a bit. Right? We're going to let that slide. But that's strike one. Strike one. Strikes two and three, and then the whole golden sombrero come in the next scene. Emily's facilitating an Aryan sisterhood meeting. Didn't see that coming. And this is when, you know, a man might feel a little cringy. All right, let me paint you a picture. You're in a room with, I don't know, eight white ladies. All of them seem so sweet and motherly. And even if edgy, kind. Kindness is what they're kind of portraying at the beginning. They're doing the whole laughing thing, like, oh, my husband did this. <laughs> Listen, we've all been there. You laugh at your friends' jokes no matter how bad they are, right? But as they go around the room, actually, let me back up. There's a swastika cut into the uh <laughs> the cherry pie, and that's just kind of taken as a sophomore joke, maybe poorly placed. Might be strike two right there. But to go around the room and the weaponized language starts to open up. It almost seems like they're a little scared to jump right in. So they start to put their toes in the water a little bit. It begins with Emily. You get that whole listen. I'm not racist. I'm the furthest thing from talk. But, you know, there's those microaggressions, right? You know, the the next girl goes on to talk about her Colombian uh, co-worker uh, who gets promoted over. Her. And it's not because she outworks her. Never is. That's because she was brown. You know, they had that affirmative action stuff going on. Uh, the next lady, well, her grandfather was a chapter leader of the KKK. But people are just misunderstanding what they're all about. You see where I'm going here? Each previous testimony opens up a level of comfortability. 
for the next person until they're, you know, throwing up playful hiles in the parking lot to which they're all giggling and saying, oh, you're so bad. You're so bad. Like she just got a double scoop of ice cream instead of the usual one. Right. But the point being made here is that people like this aren't always going to be. And, you know, honestly, they're usually not going to be the guy with the swastika tattooed on his shoulder or the rabid neighbor shouting out racial slurs over the fence separating your homes happened here in my hometown. The guy ran for mayor, had to, the, he had to put signs up that said, write my name in because they took his ass off the ballot. It happens, right? But sometimes it's going to be the school teacher or the local general store manager who smiles at you every day, uh, all the while wishing for your systemic oppression so they can remain in some kind of power. That's veiled prejudice versus overt. Does this not sound like a horror flick to you? Well, it's because we've not really gotten there yet. You see, Emily and the girls run out of the church where the meeting was held. uh, And they run out by the pastor, the priest, uh, who didn't want them using the facility for that purpose. So they decide to stop at the store run by one of the other ladies to get some wine to take to Emily's house and continue that meeting. Well, when someone from Emily's past walks into the store, girl who happens to be of a a mixed persuasion. I don't want to guess, but could be Hispanic or Asian mix. On argument follows, it gets physical and results in the white women scheming a revenge plot to break into the girls' homes and cause a little damage while they're gone. Uh, You know what happens next. The girls come home and we learn a lesson in volatility. You know, veiled racism turns into overt white supremacy takeover And the escalation of events is something you just have to see to believe. Okay. And I do request that you see it in order to believe it. So let's look at the final slash lines. Terror, I'm giving this eight on the terror scale. What makes a film like this so disturbing is the Aryan sisterhood portrayed here are unrecognizable in the real world. Okay. To me, that's so much scarier than a man with a mask. I mean, they're they're playing the long game here creativity another eight when you're viewing soft and quiet the escalation of events is done in such a way that when the events full unfold you're kind of sideswiped and you're asking like did that really just fucking happen and i do want to ask bitch if what i'm considering acts one and two were done that way on purpose because they kind of do correlate um on the suspense uh, scale another eight The runtime in this film is just 91 minutes, Um, though it be a rather non-violent film for a good portion. uh, The buildup and the visual escalation of dialogue uh, and later on physicality remains constant through the film. It's really difficult to look away and you can't ask for any more than that. So overall scale, given this 8 out of 10, I mentioned this film is good for exactly one watch, and I never want to watch it again, but that one watch is amazingly uncomfortable, tense, and at times might turn your stomach. Not from visuals, again, but what it does to your psyche. I've complained that like so many films today exploit the racial tensions in America, but Soft and Quiet was done differently and masterfully. So, brava to you betch de Araujo. 
Soft and Quiet is available right now on demand, so go check it out. And make sure that you check out the Slasher Sports Cinema Podcast on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Anchor, here on YouTube. Check out our other shows as well. Slasher U, the OK Baseball Podcast, and Suki's Honeydew Project. Now, let's get out of here, and before the devil knows you're dead, may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children. Thank <laughs> you.